Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, folks, it is 9.47pm in London and Solihull and 10.47pm in Madrid, which is obviously where Matt is and where a lot of the uh, tennis community is right now, a lot in, uh, in Innsbruck and in Turin as well, of course. And just moments ago, we watched 40-year-old Feliciano Lopez walk out onto court in Madrid to play a decisive doubles rubber for his country, a rubber that is decisive precisely because he, a couple of hours earlier, when he was also 40 years old, beat 24-year-old Andre Rublev to keep Spain's hopes alive of qualifying for the quarterfinals. He is alongside Marcel Grenoyers. They're taking along they're taking on the Russian team of Aslan Karatsev and Andrei Rublev. The scenario here is very simple for Spain. If they win, they're through to the quarters. If they lose, they're out. The scenario is rather more complicated for Russia and various other teams that will be affected by this result. I really wish, for your sake and mine, that I could tell you very simply right now who's through to the quarterfinals and why. But that is so far, Matt, from being the case. Yes. How are we enjoying round robin, people? (laughs) I'm hating it with a passion. (laughs) Yes, I think my experience of round robin this week is that it is improved if you are completely across everything and you know what's going on because then it means that every set, even every game, actually has possible meaning and ramification. However, the issue is the vast majority of people, very, very understandably, are not going to be across every little detail, and it therefore becomes very, very complicated to understand what is going on and equally complicated to actually communicate that to a viewer. Um, And even the players, I mean, I think Daniil Medvedev, after winning his singles match, didn't seem entirely sure whether Russia were through or not. And that is not very satisfactory, really, is it? It was a very relatable energy, though. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. There's been quite a lot of that from from Daniil Medvedev tonight, hasn't it? I mean, it's been an extraordinary night of tennis. 
that the the Lopez win over over Rublev probably probably the highlight. Um, just because I mean the the bloke's got a grey beard. <laughs> he genuinely <laughs> has. He's got a grey beard. He's forty years old. And do you remember how old he seemed when he did this two years ago at Queens? Won the singles and then came out and played the doubles. He was preposterously old. And now here he is, and it's obviously amplified by the fact that I mean he's not only Spanish, he's from Madrid, isn't he? This I mean, and he there's something about him that with very few words he's able to convey emotion and you you felt mm. it didn't you? you really went on that journey with him winning that match and be- because the the uh the tie was still live and he was his name was down to go and play the doubles the um the official ITF post match interview with him on the court was only one question long <laughs> Because it was sort of go and get yourself a massage and a lot of physio and uh, a lot of ice bathing because you're really old and you've got to play and again. And hot chocolate. Um, and yeah, but he still managed to convey, without saying very much, everything that that win meant to him. It was it was really emotional, wasn't it, David? Yeah, he really does have that ability. You're right. Even just pointing in the direction of Sergio Bergera on the bench when he's closing in on victory. This sort of point of I'm doing this. This is we, happening. We're practically the same age, and I'm doing <laughs> yeah. this. They do yeah. look sort of the same age. I mean, not only is he from Madrid, he is the tournament director in Madrid. You know, he's already moved on in his life, and yet he's come back in order to play this. And what I liked is the way he he refused to pretend otherwise. In his post-match interview, he said, you know, I came here and I did not expect to be playing singles at all. It was supposed to be the Carlos Alcaraz show. And frankly, even before that, Roberto Bautista Agut was there practicing, hoping and expecting to be able to play. You know, Lopez really was supposed to be getting wheeled out for a couple of sets of doubles to, to occupy his half of the court. And it really did give an energy and a feel from Queen's 2019, which was very moving to me for, for, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, we, we're very wrapped up in that tournament anyway. We we were working at that tournament. Catherine was presenting the coverage for Amazon Prime. Matt and I were working behind the scenes. I I was the person who had to hand the trophy to Lopez to lift, you know, on the court that day, just because that's the kind of role I've got there. And I remember being around him at, at that time. And, of course, he won singles and doubles, uh, alongside Andy Murray, got that whole comeback story. And he came into that tournament having barely won a match for six months and being about to retire. He'd already decided he was going to retire unless he unless he got his ranking back into the top 100 because he couldn't get into tournaments anymore. And they felt like there was an, a force at play that day that helped him and that week that helped him win that tournament. And it extended his career. He said by two years to do that. And frankly, since then, he has barely won tennis matches. His his record, his win-loss record, is excruciating, to be honest, on the tour. When you look at it, it's I end up thinking, well, how how can you stomach these defeats all the time? You're not you're not winning matches, and he's a lovely bloke, but he does not win many matches anymore at all. The idea that he could come out and make us feel as spectators again just like he did that day in Queens 2019 against the world number, what is it, number five in the world? Mm. And he lost the first set 6-2. And suddenly you feel like he he makes you feel like anything is possible 
in the world. He he suddenly got this strut about him as he puts his shoulders back and his chest out and he struts about the court and he's chipping and charging on anything, any ball. He is chipping and coming in and lunging and diving and putting it away and then come on. And it's just, oh, it's what it's all about. He's doing it again, David. He's doing it before my eyes. It is, uh, it's two all first set in the doubles, Spain against Russia. Um, so look, so look, the winner of this group, this is group A that we're watching now, uh, it it is still on the table. It could either be Russia or Spain. It'll be Spain if they win in straight sets. Uh, it'll be Russia if they win at all. Uh, and there are a number of other scenarios at play. But the winner of this group will go through to face Sweden, and that match will be in Madrid on Thursday. Um, and the runner-up, no, no, no. No, if only it were that I was going to say simple. the runner-up in this group, but it's not guaranteed to be. It's 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 the runner it's the runner-up schmozzle that is <laughs> that is a spanner in all of our works. I think, isn't it? Because you think, oh, runner-up from the group faces winner, for, but it's not it because it's ridiculous. Yeah, all of yeah. that. I'm sorry, that has got to go. What is it, Matt? The top player and top team in every group goes through and then two others and we work that out later. And because you can't, obviously because it, it, it's it's teams from different groups to one another that are vying for those runner-up positions, you can't go down to a head-to-head, which I always think is the most satisfying way of deciding a, a runner-up qualification space. It's always slightly less satisfying, I think, if it has to go down to percentage of sets sets one you know it's fair but for the viewer talking about percentage of games one just isn't very satisfying and inevitably with this format that is what happens and obviously a lot about the davis cup next year is up in the air as we spoke about on the last podcast we don't even know where it's going to be yet one thing that they have said is going to happen is rather than six groups of three uh, with 18 teams it's going to be four groups of four with 16 teams and I do think that is going to help because groups of four are more straightforward than groups of three for the reasons Catherine has just explained. So, you know, I think gradually they're sort of tweaking this new Davis Cup, aren't they, every year? And so far, I think, you know, I like most of the changes they've made from that first edition um, and changing the groups would be would be a better one. Um, I must say, just on just on Lopez being here in Madrid, how important it felt actually that he played like that because honestly the Carlos Alcaraz news was so deflating just on the eve of this tournament the whole build-up had been about him and how this was his event his time and he gets a positive COVID test result and can't play and suddenly not only are Spain massively weakened but they've also lost their star and they're you know the home nation in Madrid and you know, we know how much that helps the competition when the home nation is doing well. So for Lopez to do what he did today has just given this tournament, I think, a massive injection, a massive boost, a massive buzz. And it was absolutely thrilling to watch him play like that. Vintage serve volley tennis, vintage chip and charge on any ball, as David said. And his volleys were unbelievable at times, you know, picking it up off his toes, 
reading where Rublev was going with the passing shots, he was he was an absolute joy. And just as you said, he wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for Queen's 2019. You know, it all sort of links back to that tournament. He, I don't think he'd be a player anymore. So for him to give us those same feelings again that he got in, in that tournament two years ago was, was really special. Rublev didn't cover himself in glory in that much, did he? He can he can revert to looking like a stroppy 14-year-old so quickly. He goes from looking completely in command to it just all falling apart and him looking so frayed. It just seems to happen in the in the blink of an eye. And it's I don't know, it's it's a bit of a bit of a worry, really, I think, for, for mm. Rublev. It might be just that it's the end of a long season, he plays a lot of tennis, he just doesn't have the mental reserves to keep his cool like he would like but um but you're right though Catherine this stuff happens in March you know it's not like it's just now when everybody's nerves are frayed that I would understand but yeah he does he just has this foot to the floor mentality all the time and I just you've got to ride the waves of matches in the season I think I know. I mean, I've never done it, but that's how it looks to me from the outside, from watching other players. And and he he hasn't figured that out. Mm, absolutely, uh, yeah. Uh, he, I, I bet you he'll be looking for redemption in this doubles. But I, I get the feeling this is going to be nip and tuck all the way. It's uh, it's still early stages, and it is um, it certainly looked that way so far. Uh, staying staying with Madrid. Shall we? So the the winner of this Group A, uh, I said, Matt will face Sweden in that quarterfinal in Madrid on Thursday. How have Sweden got through to that quarterfinal? It seems like they've done that pretty serenely. I won that article that you wrote about the Immer brothers, and it was it was very very moving actually. And they've they've done the business this week so far. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Another quirk of this round robin system is that Group B was by far and away the weakest group in the competition. You had Kazakhstan, you had Sweden, and you had Canada. And two of the teams have actually made it out of that group. Kazakhstan have topped it with two wins, and Sweden have got through as the best-placed runner-up. And the reason they've got through is because both teams thrashed Canada, who were so weak that it's ended up bolstering the set percentage of Sweden, which is how they've got through in second place. They beat... Canada easily they then pushed Kazakhstan and and they've made it through and yeah I mean they were really impressive both Immer brothers um Elias has won both of his matches Michael's won one of his matches um and they were delightful I mean I'd never really spoken to them before so chilled they have a sort of aspirational energy in life just sort of nothing seems to phase them or bother them um and yet they both spoke really well about how much they mean to each other and how much Elias being that little bit older has helped Michael and yeah just just a really great story there and it's pretty significant for Sweden because they've got a really big history in this competition you know some of their seven-time champions they've had a incredible incredible number of top players of course in men's tennis but not many for so long and and the last time they reached this stage of the competition was 10 years ago when Robin Sertling was their leading player and he's now their captain and he's coached Elias as well in the past so I think Elias really likes having Sertling on the bench so Sweden have made it through they've been sort of under the radar but just a nice story I think so far um and then the other team to make it through, as I said, out of Group B is is Kazakhstan. 
who continue to sort of do their thing in the Davis Cup. This is now the sixth time in the last 10 editions of the Davis Cup that they've made it through to the quarterfinals. And only really France and USA and Spain and Serbia, you know, those sorts of heavyweight teams can match that level of consistency over over the last decade. It's It's pretty incredible how they turn up Kazakhstan. It's such a big deal there. All the ties are covered. There's a there's a really big press pack here covering Kazakhstan. You know, it really means a lot this competition, and they've they've done it again. You know all those um, you know all those Bublik Medvedev matches that I've looked forward to this year mm. and have been up absolute poo. <laughs> well, they've been made up for tonight, folks. It's as if. It's as if uh, it's as if Bublik uh, knows that he's disappointed fans of Agro with those <laughs> matchups this year, and uh, he he's he's done it. He's done a great thing. Yes, he has. He um, he beat Vasek Pospisil today to book Kazakhstan's place in the quarterfinals, and along the way, of course, he threw in an underarm serve, just as he does. Great stuff. And the crowd that weren't the Kazakhs in that stadium started booing it and really started getting on Bublik's back, whistling throughout the whole thing. Bublik loved it. You've got to take a look at yourself if you're booing an underarm serve. Oh, totally. (laughs) But Bublik loved it. You know, he was, it was at a stage in the match where it was just starting to perhaps go Pospisil's way a little bit. But Bublet doing that underarm serve just injected life into the set and sort of made sure it was played on his terms again. And he started putting his ear, his hand to his ear and baiting the crowd and they were booing him. It it, it turned into pure pantomime and Bublet loved that role. He, he, he saved a set point in the tiebreak with the most wonderful drop shot, won the set, and then during his on-court interview which was drowned out by the booing and the whistling in the stadium he said as a legend once said when you guys sleep tonight know that i won because of you (laughs) epic good man i I, i've been searching for two and a bit years now for a legitimate way that i can quote the legend of Daniil medvedev and i haven't been able to find one but public's done it well done um so kazakhstan uh through they 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 I'd love to tell you who they're going to play um they will play either Russia or Serbia or Spain in Madrid on Wednesday um Spain's fate at least Spain and Russia's fate at least largely rests in their own hands Serbia Serbia are, uh a sat sat at home in um Innsbruck they were they were Innsbruck weren't they um yeah with their fate very much out of their hands, uh, they they beat Austria. Did Serbia three and zero in that tie, as you would expect? But um, Djokovic's compatriots were unable to do the business uh, against Germany. He beat Struff, but um, Germany won that tie two one, and it's sort of it's what we kind of depicted on uh, in our preview podcast, wasn't it? If Djokovic sort of looking behind him, going, "Come on, lads." Be a be a bit better. I, I watched that doubles as well, and he and he was involved in that. And his partner was was pretty good actually, but they were up against a really good top doubles team on the other side of the net. Who you could just tell they're just they were in sync. They were used to it, and and Djokovic 
kind of struggled, I thought. He was individually brilliant, as you would expect him to be, but and he had his moments, but he he wasn't the best player on the court. And and in the big tiebreak moment that 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 decided the uh, the opening set, it was a, a clean winner return after a, off a full blooded Djokovic serve. And and he couldn't believe his eyes. He actually, I mean, he tapped his racket, he nodded his head, his thumbs up, because it was an amazing return, and that decided the whole set. And you know, here they are. Obviously, as we speak now, we don't know the, their fate, but. I mean, it's such fine margins. I, I just, I'll say it again. I just don't like this business of not being able to control your own fate on the court in the match you're in, in terms of whether you go through or not. You should know. You should know when you've played your match whether you're going to win or lose and what's going to happen. I mean, the USA at the moment, John Isner, who's had a terrible time and lost six. 2-6 love in his first match and then lost the first set of his second match. He wins a set, so he's finally doing something good and Matt tells me halfway through that that the USA are out because of something that went on <laughs> David, elsewhere. David's and deflation I, 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 when he got told that all the tennis that he'd become invested in was completely <laughs> pointless. Uh, Imagine how they feel at the moment. They're still playing. They're playing the doubles right now and they're out. yeah. What is the yeah, point? Well, we all got very invested, didn't we, in, in Tiafo against Nicholas Mejia. See. Thumbs up, Matt, if you approve of that pronunciation. See. Gracias. Um uh, Francis Tiafo against Nicholas Mejia Mejia <laughs> of uh, of Colombia. Tiafo Tiafo coming from uh, two match points down to win in a deciding set tie break. This was in Turin. It wasn't a full crowd, but it was a great crowd, a very invested crowd. And it was utterly brilliant. You know, it was all all the things that you want Davis Cup to be. The utter heartbreak of Mejia, you know, knowing that he was one point away from a a a life-affirming, career-making win, potentially. Um, and and he didn't get over the line for himself or his country, and it turned turns out to have been irrelevant for everybody involved. <laughs> so that's that's a shame. It was great though, wasn't it? It was proper swashbuckling Davis Cup tennis. Oh, some of the passing shots Mejia came up with left Tiafo shaking his head and made me look up the guy's ranking. And he's two hundred and seventy five in the world, and he's playing these lunge backhand stretched passing shots cross court that seemed implausible frankly and uh and yet he he got himself out of trouble so many times he got himself to match point he didn't take it he loses millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. And then he just bursts into tears and, and sobs on the shoulder of his of his captain and Marty Fish is there to give him a consoling pat on the back. You know, it was all it was all lovely. You're quite right. It's just that it can't end halfway through the next match on maths. It just can't. They've got to gotta to change. Those that. contrasting scenes at the end with Mechia and floods of tears and TFO, you know. In the crowd, he was so pleased and he was high-fiving everyone he possibly could. I hadn't realised it was his first Davis Cup win. You know, he'd, he'd never won in this competition before. So even though it ended up meaning nothing for the USA, I think I think it meant a lot to him personally. He lost a very, very heartbreaking match to Borna Chorich in this, com- in this competition a few years ago. And he was on the receiving end of those contrasting scenes then, I think. Um, but... I was a bit surprised that he didn't play the opening match for the USA. You know, when they played against Italy, they put Apelka and Isner in. I then listened to TFO's press conference after his win today and found out why he didn't play. And that's because he was a he was a late call-up for the US. Just last week, he was on holiday. And in, and in his words, drinking mimosas, getting ready for my Thanksgiving feast and lying on the beach. And then suddenly he was called up to have to come and play Davis Cup. So really, it's a pretty it's a pretty big effort to make it all the way over and to end up winning his first match. Good on you, Francis. Um, but it was all for nothing. <laughs> m- m- meanwhile, um, four, 40-year-old Feliciano Lopez has just crashed a winner past uh, Andre Rublev on serve to break for 5-4. <laughs> He's just done just the most ridiculously acrobatic celebration to... Uh, to commemorate um, breaking serve. Like, you've got extra energy, extraneous energy to expend, have you, 40-year-old Feliciano, having already played single three sets of singles. Ridiculous. Um, so the reason that Colombia and the USA uh, were out of the running, no matter what happened in their ties, that Italy uh, swanned through from that group in Turin, uh, Yannick Sinner, Lorenzo Sonigo, uh, both won two singles matches for Italy. So Italy are through to face Croatia in a quarterfinal in Turin on Monday. Now, Croatia needed world number one doubles pairing Nikola Metic and Matej Pavic to get them out of jail a little bit to get them through after Marin Cilic, David, your man, Marin, managed to lose to Sombor Piros, yeah. the world number 282. Yeah, that did happen. What happened? What happened there? Well, and Chilich was winning 
comfortably and uh, really should have won the match. And actually the same thing kind of started to happen in his first rubber match as well, winning comfortably and then it started to get tight, but he got over the line. And I mean, look, first of all, should I say, uh, Croatia are in the quarterfinals. I've said they'll win the whole thing because of my theory of having one strong singles player and the best doubles team there. Well, this one, <laughs> he was helped out by the uh, by the no-hoper alongside him. Um, Nino... Sederusic managed to win 6-4, 6-4 against Fabian Modersen. Uh, and in the first uh, tie, it was... Who was that chap in the first one? It was Go- Borna Goyo. Borna Goyo got the win. So I don't know what he did to do wrong to get dropped. But anyway, it worked out because Sederusic managed it to come in and win. It was strange that he was dropped after he... I mean, he was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Croatia have got this amazing blend and then... Income Mektic and Paric just went just in the nick of time, you know, and it was a blooming nip and tuck first set. They managed to win it on a tie break against Morazon and Nagy from Hungary, eight uh, six, and then they won the second set six two. So yeah, Croatia through Yannick Sinner. <laughs> Bang goes my theory that he might be struggling with the uh, with the occasion. He, as I said earlier, he beat Isner for the loss of just two games six two six love, but for some reason. I think it was last night, wasn't it? He ended up playing a match that ended up at nearly 3 a.m. in the doubles. What what on earth was going on there, Matt? I told you tennis would find a way. <laughs> yes, you were right. And I was so naive to think that they'd sorted out the schedule this year because we got to the weekend and suddenly there were six matches again and we were playing at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, my theory as to why... Italy played Sinner in that doubles, even though they were already through, they'd already topped the group, is that they're trying to figure out the best doubles team because Bolelli is injured and normally he would partner Fanini, um, but they can't use Bolelli, so they need to find someone to partner Fanini. And I think they perhaps maybe thought that guy could be Sinner and they obviously pushed Cabal and Farah are very, very close. So maybe they have hit upon a good team there, sort of by accident. But yeah, it was was pretty pretty strange to see Sinner playing like that. Um, by the way, the only other time John Isner has lost a six-love set at sort of tour level, for sure, was the match after the 70-68 at Wimbledon, when he was just, you know, a, a corpse on the court against Timo DeBacca. He lost the six-love set that day, and then the next time, Yannick Sinner in the Davis Cup. It, it, that's not even Matt's stat. I mean, Matt, you should have saved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was newsletter worthy. You've blown it. <laughs> yeah. He's so full of stats, Catherine, he can get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Croatia did do the business, David. Your Yours and Marin's hopes remain alive. Uh, so Croatia through, as I said, face Italy and Turin on Monday, uh, which means that the one quarterfinal I haven't mentioned is is uh, Germany, who came through that group with Serbia in it. They topped that group in Innsbruck. They will take on uh, Great Britain in Innsbruck, who it wasn't all plain sailing for them. They had uh, the Czech Republic today uh, and Dan Evans managed to lose to Thomas Machak. Uh, the world number 143, and he needed Cam Norrie to come through. Still needed three sets to Cam Norrie, and then Joe Salisbury and uh, Neil Skubsky were were very good in the doubles. But what what happened to Dan? Was it the moustache? 
no, I don't think so. And, and by the way, apparently it's not a Movember moustache I was reading. So there isn't a good reason for it um, that, that I can find. Maybe it's a lost dare. It's just a lads, lads, lads thing, I think, isn't it? Right, okay. The worst kind of moustache. Okay, all right. Well, listen, I think I would ha- personally, I mean, watch that match from the first ball. I'd give all the credit to Thomas Mahak because he was fantastic. And even in the first game of the match, Evans held after about four juices. He fought off break points. And when he's coming back to his chair with Leon Smith, he did that look that Dan Evans sometimes gives, which is blimey he's good you know that or or that was hard work you know this is harder than I thought or something along those lines and and I can understand why because he was coming in he was trying to he was playing quite quite well at points coming into the net hitting volleys into the corners then hitting the next one the other side chipping charging all sorts of the stuff that Dan Evans does and Mahak is one of the the natural passing shot experts he on the run flicks top spin little hooks little dinks that dip at the feet he'd got all of those things you could have you could have put him back in the early 2000s or in the 90s and he would look the part he would look the Leighton Hewitt or Andragasy part of of dissecting serve and volleyers and mm, having quick hands and hand-eye coordination probably not as effective these days because people don't come in as much as as they used to but he, I mean, he also hit hit a a jump, forehand drive volley two feet off the ground. You know, he was doing that without any need to. And then there's no crowd because of the COVID restrictions. There's nobody in the stadium, and he was showboating. He was flashy, and he was hitting lobs. He was a lovely player. I mean, but he went five two down in the second set. Did Mahak? And you 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 thought then, right? Evans is just going to take over here. And then Mahak reels off five games in a row and wins the whole wins the match. Straight sets. Um I'm sure Evans didn't hear his press comments, but I'm sure he'll have regrets and disappointment. I mean, he was bailed out by his his teammates. But I I think we're gonna hear more of this lad. You never know for sure what Davis Cup is gonna do or whether it's representative. But 143 in the world, only 21. He looks like a player to me. He really does. So that means GB against Germany in Innsbruck in, on Tuesday. That is set in stone. I can say that confidently. Nothing can happen in the next two hours to alter that scenario. We have a situation where Spain are a set up on Russia in this decisive doubles. Now, Matt, if Russia, if Spain win this set and win this doubles match two sets to love, what happens let's let's give the people what they want with some soon to be added date <laughs> irrelevant tennis news a a a niche subset of soon to be out of date tennis news my understanding from here is that if spain win the doubles in either straight sets or three sets then spain will top the group and play sweden and russia will be a runner up and they will play kazakhstan so both will go through um, if Russia win, then that's when it gets complicated between Spain and Serbia. Which, I mean, n- n- no biases, obviously, but it-, it was electric tonight in that stadium with the with the host nation being successful. I mean, obviously, the fact that it was Lopez and everything we just discussed in relation to him that helps. But 
it helps the tournament having these host nations still in and 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 yes Italy are still in in Turin and and that's great and obviously eventually from the semi-finals onwards the whole tournament will agglomerate in in Spain and who knows you know if Spain will continue through the competition but it helps you know the you you everybody agrees that the atmosphere of home and away ties was was a a regrettable loss of this of this new new format sort of a a necessary compromise or well, you know I don't think Yannick Noah thinks it's, it was a necessary compromise but you know what I mean but if there's a way to to keep as much of that as possible you you want to so yeah I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of rooting for Spain here. Sorry, <laughs> Serbia. But I also, did I pick Serbia to win? No, I didn't. I picked Russia to win the competition. Hmm. And on that note of trying to get more home teams, basically, obviously one of the talking points in some of the press conferences this week has been the report of Abu Dhabi potentially becoming the host for the next five years that we spoke about. Leighton Hewitt was very strong on it. He said that would be absolutely killing the competition. He really he really went off on one there. Um, Novak Djokovic gave a really interesting answer along these lines, saying he thinks that they should increase the number of home teams at the finals. You know, have if you've got six groups, why don't you have six home teams, for example, um, so that you're just spreading out the number of teams that, that, that are able to have home ties. And Obviously, it's it's been a shame having Innsbruck behind closed doors because we've missed out on on an extra home team there. But absolutely, the atmospheres for Spain and for Italy's tyres have been everything you want, really. And I must say, in, in Madrid generally, they've done a very good job with ticket sales. All the tyres have actually been been really well attended. You know, even even Kazakhstan, Sweden, which had a pretty good crowd in, and there's been a system in place where. They've been encouraging, you know, people to do lots of recycling. And if you do a certain amount, we'll give you free tickets and that sort of thing. And just little initiatives like that have actually been really good and really successful, I think. Oh, that's cool. Um, but obviously, the atmospheres are the best when the home teams are involved. So I, th- I thought that was an interesting proposal, idea from Djokovic. Australia are, are out of the competition, obviously, don't, don't feature in the uh, in the quarterfinal lineup. Didn't feel like Leighton Hewitt had a had a great week. Matt or David, anybody that witnessed his grumpiness? Well, I, I watched. I, I I watched quite a lot of their their early matches. I mean, that they that team did not perform, and he was he was really gutted. I think really generally Hewitt because he he I, mean, I heard his pre tournament press conference and he was really enthused and he thought his team looked good as though they were preparing well and and then Alexi Popperin lost a really bad match to be quite honest against uh, Borno um Goya and then and then they they ended up losing that uh, that tie um and found themselves behind in the in the next one as well and then Alex Dimonor managed to to get a win and did, did a good job there but they they didn't get through and and I, th- I think look he his he's such a competitor it means so much to him and he's made it very clear even from 3 years ago he was so anti this idea of of losing the home and away. And and if, frankly, if only every player and every nation had the attitude towards what was the Davis Cup that he had, well, 
the 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 event would have been fine probably because everybody would have played all these players would have committed that have been that have built the blooming calendar around the thing which is what has failed to happen in in the last 20 odd years but you know yeah that australia were disappointing that and and they had one of those teams one of those quite interesting teams where there's there's kind of a decent amount of strength all the way through the squad and yet there aren't standout players that guarantee you a point and they showed that actually that and germany is, is uh, managed to get through but it's not a guarantee that just having a solid squad of good players is going to get you the points no what you want is a marin chilic and a world number one doubles team yeah and two blokes in the 200s suddenly playing out of their mind. I mean, oh, Russia, oh, Russia have got a break at the start of the second set here. So, no, no, I'm not going back down the scenario rabbit hole. They can check the internet, Catherine, you and find can out check who won. The internet it is definitely through. going to be more accurate than anything I might be about to say. Uh, is there any uh, news or scenario or anything, Matt, that I've failed to cover from the group stages of uh, of the 2021 Davis Cup? No, no, I think I think you're all over it. I th- it's going to be interesting to see how different it feels over the next few days. It's, you know, because we've had. We've had so much tennis over the last few days, everywhere, every time of day and night, there's been tennis on, basically. And, you know, as much as that stresses me out, I sort of love that feeling. We're now in a situation where suddenly we're going to be having one tire day for the rest of the week. So kind of like a slam when, you know, when the really stakes are raised, you lose that feeling of everything happening at once and it being sort of electric. But you get to concentrate more on the matches and and they get gradually more and more important, I suppose. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this second week. Here in Madrid, we've got no tennis for two days um, and then we've got five straight days of tennis. So it's going to be a very different feel to it, I think. What are you going to do with your tennisless days, Matt? Good question. Uh, I have a couple of articles to write and I am planning some very long meals. Lovely tapas. Great. And watching the tennis taking place in other locations, naturally. Of course. Um, Right. Okay. Well, roll on the quarterfinals when, David, it's knockout. (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. Just make it simple. Make me make it clear that what I'm watching absolutely matters. David and I don't doesn't have to... ever have to watch a John Isner match that doesn't matter <laughs> ever again. Quite right. He's never going to get that hour back. Croatia, Italy, I'm looking forward to big time. And actually, the, and GB versus Germany. I mean, now, now it should get really good. We've already yeah. had a day where there's been some moments that have really that will stay with me and and that's what you want. But now it feels like quarterfinals onwards. Yes. Now this works. This is a good format now. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I, you know, I like that there's that they're they're open to tinkering. I think it, you know, it, it, I think it's pretty clear that this sort of groups of three with these two qualifiers that could be from any two runner up qualifiers that could be from any group thing doesn't quite work, but I also have confidence that that will be, recognized hopefully and adjusted for for future years famous last words but that's how i feel feel right now anyway i'm just watching rublev thrashing forehands into the net and long he just looks like a teenager having a furious tantrum 
It's a, it's a really stressful energy that's coming through my coming through my screen. Anyway, Russia is still likely to progress. Spain, it all hangs in the balance. Check your old internet to find out if they go through. Uh, we will be back on David Tuesday night. We'll be back on Tuesday night with a review of the first couple of quarterfinals. Is that right? That's right. And we'll be looking ahead to the second couple of quarterfinals. Of course, Matt will still be in Madrid. He'll be a few pounds heavier after his lengthy dinners. <laughs> I don't know if that means you have the same amount of food, but drawn out over a longer period of time or more food, Matt. But good luck to you. Bon appétit. Uh, we have still lovely Caper as our mascot. Uh, we like Caper, named after Cape Cod, which I think is... Lovely, loveliness. We have Billie Jean, sponsored by Billie Jean King. She's been on my shoulder throughout. She cannot believe how long the tennis season goes on for. I uh, <laughs> went to pick her up from my brother on Friday and I'm sure she thought it's the end of November. I'm guaranteed to get some some tennis free time. Well, she's 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 come crashing back down to, to earth. Uh, we've got Roos, Zeus and Scales and Mousel. All of our predictions are still alive and well. We've got Chris Albert Lee, our executive producer. And I think, Matt, we have shout outs or a single shout out. Yes, for Mitch Vernon. Oh, hello, Mitch Vernon. That's a great name. Right, Mitch. Mitch, the name of David Hasselhoff's character in Baywatch. I got nothing. Well, okay. Ne- neither, of you, neither of you have got anything, have you? No. Vernon, hmm? Vernon K. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was expecting you to say David Hasselhoff's car in Knight Rider. Um, no, that was, was before thinking, my time. That's Kit. So now I'm with you. Yes. It takes a bit of a time for the old grey matter to hello mitch and thank you very much for your support we're going to sign off and we're going to see how much of what we've just said about spain proves to be completely irrelevant in an hour's time we're going to watch the remainder of this doubles we'll be back on tuesday with our next davis cup podcast we'll speak to you then tell your friends get the newsletter uh leave us an, an apple podcasts review Uh, Sign up to get a a reminder um, of how you can support us um, in the new year or at the end of this year. Um, And yeah, anything else? No, that's it. That That is admin done. We'll see you on Tuesday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.